We're now listening to the Knicks State of Mind podcast, presented by Elite Sports Radio. And now, your hosts, Chip Murphy and Matt Castillo. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. I'm Matt Castillo with Chip Murphy. Now, Chip, I got to tell you. Um, I'm doing this entire podcast why this Yankee game is on my television right now, and I'm sweating it out. <laughs> I mean, where we are right now, it's the bottom of the fifth. The Yankees lead 2 nothing, and Headley is at second. So by the time you hear this podcast, this game will be over. But it's too big not to watch and come back to it later. So I will be trying to contain myself. If you hear a yeah in the middle of it, just avoid me. And keep going, okay? Because that's just me cheering or screaming or something. Um, So I'm going to do my best to stay focused on the New York Knicks. But before we do that, uh, last week we did a preview of the NBA season. Obviously the Knicks, but we tied it through the entirety of the NBA. But we kind of talked about it, but did not fully label it, I guess, or come out and say it. Uh, we didn't pick who we think is going to win the NBA championship this year. So we're going to start off really fast um, with our predictions for that. So, Chip, who do you think is going to win the NBA Finals this year? Well, first of all, uh, cards on the table. I have the Yankees game up on the GameCast right now. Yep. And I'm watching it on the laptop. And I'm watching the uh, Sixers-Wizards game on the TV on mute. Yeah. So, <laughs> That's dedication. I, I so. Yeah, so I hear you. <laughs> um, uh, I kind of got the uh, Sixers game as like white noise in the background. It's yep. not as important as the A, obviously. But uh, yeah, um, I, I got Warriors. I think I kind of indicated if you go back and listen to the last week's show that the Warriors are unstoppable. Um, I I don't know if it's going to be five games because I do like the addition of Crowder with Cleveland. I don't think they're going to be quite as good as people say they are, because I think Crowder, uh, not Crowder, uh, I think uh, Isaiah, I wouldn't be surprised if he's out for even longer than uh, we think he is. Like, Cleveland wouldn't even give a timetable as he's, when he's going to be back. Mm-hmm. So I think he'll miss at least the first half of the season. Then he's going to be rusty. So I, But you know what? They did beat Boston last night without him. Yep. So it's not like they're going to have a challenge in the East. Uh, but I think they'll cruise to the finals again, Cleveland. And but I think uh, Golden State will dispose of them in the finals. Might not be five games again. Uh, certainly won't be a sweep because we know LeBron will win a game by himself. Uh, if I had to pick today, I'd say Golden State in six. Okay, um, I know we kind of tiptoed it last week, and I, I honestly, and this is not just because of the games last night. This has nothing to do with it. I, I'm a lot smarter than that to pick, you know, my pick from just one game. But I, I do remember, Chip, last week you said you don't know if Cleveland did enough to keep up with Golden State. I think they did. And I like Cleveland really? to win the championship this year. Yeah, I, I like, I love the wow. addition. I love the addition of Dwayne Wade. No, Dwayne Wade is no longer Dwayne Wade from five years ago. But what he brings 
is a championship pedigree. He, he's been through it. He's seen everything. He helps them out defensively. Same thing with Crowder. The biggest problem for Cleveland last year was that they didn't play defense. You know, it, it, that was the big thing coming into the playoffs. This team is not a very good defensive team. There's a lot of holes. And each round in the playoffs, they got a little bit better defensively, but struggled well, against Golden I State. I with you. Their biggest problem last year was when LeBron came off the bench. They were like OKC when Westbrook came off yeah. the bench. Yeah, and that is I true as well in the final. Yeah, that they struggled. Yeah. But they added with Dwayne Wade. They they have uh, J.R. Smith coming off the bench. And I'm sure J.R. Smith is going to start some this year. Uh, so I think they did add enough. I, I think Derrick Rose is a great fit for them because why he doesn't have to do as much he's no longer has to be the man he just has to pick his spots and that's something that I think he can do well and I think he helps out more and I know Isaiah Thomas will take over when he's ready um, but he's somebody else will have off their bench to provide some scoring Uh, Derek Rose is certainly better than uh, Darren Williams right now that you know gave the Cavaliers no production in the finals last year so I actually like Cleveland to to win the finals. I think it's going to be another epic Game 7 um, against Golden State. And I, I'll take LeBron. I think LeBron is more motivated than ever. I think you said that, Chip, last week's show. And I think when LeBron James is motivated, he's still the best player in the league. He's the most dominant player. Showed a little bit of that again last night. Guy hasn't played all preseason and just destroyed the Celtics down the stretch to win that game and almost had a near... Uh, triple-double. So I I like the Cavaliers winning the championship this year. And it could be also that I'm a big LeBron James fan and I'm a little bit biased. But, you know. Uh, You think? (laughs) (laughs) I do believe, though. I do believe that they have a chance. Um, But with that being said, now that we have our picks, today's show is going to basically be a pregame of the opening night for the Knicks. That is tomorrow. They tip off at 8 o'clock on TNT against the Oklahoma City Thunder. And where we're going to start off with this is the big matchup. It, more than likely, we're going to see Christoph Porzingis having to go up against the guy that basically taught him for the last two years and has been his mentor, a big part of his growth, Carmelo Anthony. Um, so this is also very interesting. Right off the bat, we trade Melo, and we see him right away and those two are going at it. So, Chip, I'm curious. Uh, do you think that for the Knicks' sake, that Przingis needs to win this battle, the head-to-head battle against Melo, just so we can sit back and say, okay, that's why we got rid of him. Przingis is now the man, and the future looks bright. Well, uh, I think it would be huge for KP's confidence if he scored more points than Melo. Uh, on uh, Thursday night. But I don't think it's completely necessary. Uh, I don't think it's the case. Casey's first game as a number one option. So there's obviously going to be some jitters. But, uh, you know, Melo's not going to be taking as many shots as he usually does. I wouldn't be surprised if KP took more shots than Melo. So uh, I think it would do a lot for KP's confidence. But you mentioned these guys, uh, uh, Melo taught. Uh, KP, uh, Mark Berman from the New York Post put it perfectly in his article that he says, uh, the student will square off against the master. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much perfect. I mean, what, uh, a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of people on 
Twitter, a lot of dopes on Twitter who hate Melo, uh, ignored was that Melo was a great teammate to Porzingis. Mm-hmm. Just Porzingis, Porzingis was not ready to be the man in the first yeah. two years. He just wasn't. He wasn't. And now uh, we're going to see if he's ready as he goes up and guards uh, Carmelo Anthony in his opening night. And uh, I, I know he has talked about uh, how he's going to guard Carmelo on opening night. And I think even Jeff Wojnicek was asked about it. I think he said, yes, Wojnicek is going to guard him. Because I know Carmelo is going to start at the four. And uh, I don't see anybody else on the team who would guard him. Uh, I think, I know the Knicks haven't announced their starting lineup yet, but... So, but who, I mean, who else would guard Carmelo? I mean, you got Paul George there too. I mean, you're not going to put Michael Beasley on Carmelo. If Michael Beasley starts, uh, if they go small with Hardaway uh, and Courtney Lee, Courtney Lee would be guarding Paul George. Mm-hmm. So it's, I think it's an interesting matchup. I think Porzingis is going to welcome the challenge from his comments. That's what it looks like. Uh he and who knows his game better than Christophe Porzingis? How many times do you think they've gone up against each other in practice? So I think it's going to be a great test for KP, and I think he'll welcome it. And just as you were speaking, Gary Sanchez just hit a big single that brought in a run, so the Yankees lead 3 nothing now. But back, yeah. that, it was beautiful, <laughs> beautiful, and I tried not to scream, and I'm proud of myself I didn't. But between Maybe the matchup of Melo and Porzingis. Who do you think is going to win it? We know they're going to be squaring off. What 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 does your gut tell you? Who's going to have the better night, Melo or Przingis? Uh, that's such a hard one because, you know, like I said, I think KP will have more opportunity because I think Melo, despite what people are saying, that Melo's going to have more opportunities than Paul George. I think Melo... I think Paul George will take over the secondary role. So I think Melo's probably not going to have as many opportunities there. So I think Chris Ops will take more shots. And I think he's going to end up scoring more points than Melo. Wouldn't be surprised if Melo shot a higher percentage. Uh, so it depends on how you – are we talking who scores more points? Is that who has the better night or who which team wins? Yeah, I mean, I think just a better all performance. Obviously, whoever wins, you know, that's typically the better night. But um, we'll we'll save our prediction for later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later, more in depth breakdown of this game. Um, Mm -hmm. But look, I I think it's exciting. It's great headline right off the bat that you have the the uh, student going against the teacher. Um, It's a great test for Przingis. Uh, I, I think with Melo, we've seen how bad he is defensively, so I think Przingis is going to have his way on the offensive end quite a bit. Um, I do think Przingis, though, could struggle offensively. So it could be a, a uh, depending on how many touches Carmelo Anthony gets with, you know, a Paul George and a Russell Westbrook there, um, you know, those two could provide uh, some some fireworks offensively against each other. Um, I know one thing that would make a lot of Nick fans happy if Przingis can just dunk on Melo. I think that would be pretty cool. I think that would uh, get the whole Nick fan base very excited. Uh, and like you said, though, you know, there's some people who hate Carmelo Anthony, and he made a very good point. Przingis only has never said anything bad about Carmelo Anthony. He's always talked about him being a, a good teammate. He's always talked about needing him around for his development. 
Uh, so, you know, a lot of these fans who are salty to Carmelo Anthony, there, there really is no need for it. Uh, it's just a thing that it's just, again, better that we both moved on from each other, and I think it would be better in the long run. But I, I'll tell you what, though, it make me very excited to see Przingis get the best of Carmelo Anthony and a, a nice dunk on him or, or, you know, a big rejection or something. Uh, it's going to be fun watching those two go at it and with that being said we are going to wrap up this first segment of the show when we come back we're going to talk a little bit maybe about the Knicks rotation Uh, as we mentioned that they really don't have their starting lineup announced yet so we are going to try to predict uh, where Jeff Hornacek is going to go with the starting five and really his rotation in in general so we'll be back in just a moment hi everybody this is Chip Murphy co-host of the Knicks State of Mind podcast and boss of all New York Knicks content at EliteSportsNY.com. To follow my work, you can find me on Twitter at, at Chipper Murphy. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Knicks State of Mind podcast. We are going to predict what we think the rotation will be, the starting five, but we're going to pull out one of these players, focus on him, and that's Frank Nielakina. Um Chip, he, he hasn't played at all. He's played one preseason game. And there were some talks early on that perhaps he can jump right into the starting rotation, be thrown into the fire against Russell Westbrook. But do you think that he he's only played one preseason game? Do you think the Knicks are going to throw him out there and, and you know feed him to the Wolves having to go against Westbrook? Or do you think they'll kind of take it easy with him because he hasn't been able to stay on the court? Yeah, I think they'll take it easy with him. I think it would be a lot different if he'd been healthy all preseason. Uh, but he hasn't played in two weeks. I mean, I know he's been in practice now. Uh, he said yesterday, or uh, today actually, that uh, we're recording uh, on Wednesday, the day before the OKC game, and he said today that uh, his knee's 100% healthy and he was uh, at practice, scrimmaging, and he's going to play tomorrow, which we knew he was going to play tomorrow. But in terms of how much he'll play against Oklahoma City, uh, we were talking about that earlier, you know, and I said I'd be surprised if he played 20 minutes per game mm-hmm. or 20 minutes tomorrow, and uh, that could increase. Uh, we talked about this before. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the starter by midway through the season, but I I don't see him playing a lot of minutes tomorrow night just based on health stuff. I think they'll try and treat him with kid gloves, and that's my preference, too. Uh, he's the point guard of the future, when it's a bad season anyway, you don't want to play him 30 minutes a night when you're not sure about his knee. It's a very problem area in terms of injuries. Yeah, I think that if you haven't played that much, you know, we haven't seen him in the summer league, we've seen him one preseason game, I think the worst thing for him is to go, hey, kid, go out there play 25 minutes. I don't think that's going to happen. I think Jeff Hornacek is a lot smarter than that. I know some fans are just dying to see the, the what he can do. They want him to see him play, and I think playing him is something that's probably going to happen, but I think if that's going to be the case tomorrow night's game, I think maybe a few minutes at the end of the first quarter, a few minutes at the end of the third quarter, and within those few minutes, if he's showing something, then I think Hornacek would give him a little bit more minutes. But, you know, I, I think... The smartest thing to do is just get his feet wet, basically. Not 
put him out there against Russell Westbrook and say, have at it, boss, you know, because that's just going to be a a disaster. It's going to, uh, I think, affect his confidence. So for somebody who really hasn't got in any game time, hasn't really got to play, I think a slow, steadily progression of his minutes would be the best thing for him. Again, I think a few minutes in the first, a few minutes in the third, see how he's going. But I do think that he'll be under probably 10 minutes tomorrow um, would be the best bet for him. But with that being said, uh, the, the Knicks, we don't know who's going to be starting for him. And Chip, I'm curious to think or hear who you think will be their starting five tomorrow night. Yeah, and Matt, first just one more thing uh, regarded uh, Frank. Uh, just look at the Sixers with Joel Embiid. I don't know if you, I don't know if you heard this. Uh, they're keeping a minutes restriction uh, on Joel Embiid mm-hmm. uh, in the team. They're, gonna, yeah. they're not even going to play him 20 minutes per game and keep Joel Embiid. Look at what he did last year. Yeah, makes so, sense. I, yeah, and he's a very valued part of their future. And it's the same thing with, well, it's not the same thing with Nick, with the Knicks and Frank, but you understand my point. Mm-hmm. Value him for the future, just like the Sixers do with MD. So, yeah, that's, that's my point. Anyway, as far as the starting five, uh, as far as point guards go, I think the point guard position will be uh, Ramon Session. Uh, I think he started in... Uh, a majority of the preseason games. So I think Jared Jack started in one of them. Um, uh, as far as shooting guard, Tim Hardaway, I think that's been a lock. Yeah. I don't think that's surprising to anyone. Uh, I think they're going to go small. I do. Uh, I And I think that's the right call. So I think Courtney Lee at the three, uh, KP at the four, and Ines Cantor at the five. Uh, Cantor back in Oklahoma on opening night. He'll get a huge reaction, and I think he'll be pumped up. He's going to play great, and Kornacek is smart enough to know that, and he's smart enough to know that Cantor's going to come out hot, and I think it would be smart to play him right away. Even if you're not going to do that for the entirety of the season, I think it's smart to do that on opening night. Yeah. He's going to play well. And uh, obviously, KT's a lot. And I like the going small thing. I think Lee's, uh, Lee's your best uh, uh, perimeter defender. So I love Lance Thomas, but he, I know Kornacek loves Lance Thomas too. But he, he's four on five offensively. So I understand why they might want to start him against Paul George. But he's such, uh, it's such four on five offensively yeah. that I think it would be a mistake. And I think... I think Lee is just as good a defender as Thomas, if not better, and I think he can match up with Paul George. I know George is stronger, but I think George likes to stay on the perimeter more than go down in the post anyway. So, yeah, I like that's my uh, that's my pick for the starting lineup tomorrow. Yeah, I, I agree, and I'll give you credit, Chip, because you were the one that said it a few weeks ago. You see the Knicks uh, starting Courtney Lee. At the small forward. Yep. And, and I told you, I think that's actually something I didn't consider, but makes a lot of sense doing. And I've heard on some reports that the Knicks were leaning on doing that. So you deserve the credit for that. Um, and I, I think with the point guard, I, early on I felt like it was going to be Ron Baker. But Ron Baker has been another guy that is uh, – he, he didn't show anything either. You know, he didn't obviously sign back in the – 
Uh, Summer League didn't participate there. In the preseason, he had an injury. So he only got in a few games, and he looked a little rusty himself. Um, So I think Sessions is the the point guard that will be starting. Um, I think Cantor, just like you said, he's going to be feeding off the energy of that game going up against his former team. Obviously, Przingis is a lock. Um, And and I think we, we mentioned... Uh, Lance Thomas, but I, I was a little disappointing with him. I expected him to come in, be more aggressive with his playing time, and I think he kind of, you know, took a back seat to uh, Michael Beasley. So I, I understand why Beasley is not starting. It makes sense to give uh, a better defender and Courtney Lee to go to try to get it done to, uh, you know, start out the game. And again, as we mentioned before, just because you start doesn't mean that you finish. I think Hornacek is going to play the guys that are giving them the best chance to win. But far as the rotation is concerned, uh, who do you see getting the most of the backup point guard minutes? Um, perhaps the uh, power forward when uh, Przingis is on a break and center position. Um, how do you think the bench rotation is going to look? How many guys do you think are going to be mixed in tomorrow night? I think he'll play 10. I think he already said he'll play 10, uh, yeah. 10 guys tomorrow. So as far as the backup point guard minutes, he loves Ron Baker. So uh, Ron Baker should be playing the two, but I think Ron Baker will play the majority of the point guard minutes tomorrow night. Because like we both said, neither one of us think Frank will play very much. Uh, as far as the backup four minutes, uh, you just mentioned Michael Beasley. I think Michael Beasley to me, is more of a four than a three. I don't think he guards threes very well. Mm-hmm. He should be playing the four. I think based on the way Lance looked in the preseason and the way Beasley looked, uh, he easily earned minutes. Yep. And Kuz didn't even Kuz didn't even play in the preseason, I don't think. Or maybe he played a little bit. Yeah, he had an injury as but, well. Yeah, uh, I don't think he. I don't think he'll play at all. I wouldn't be surprised if he. Or I think they already announced that he's an actor. Yeah. The first game, actually. Yeah, I think, yeah, they did already. Yes. That. So, yeah, I think he'll, Beasley will get the majority of the uh, backup power forward minutes, and uh, Billy will get the uh, backup center minutes. So, yeah, not really, a, not really a big surprise, but look, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if they went with Jarrett Jack as well, because uh, I know they like Jarrett Jack, although... Once Joaquin Noah comes back from suspension, it looks like he'll be cut. But, yeah, not really a surprise there. But I, I hope they play Beasley at the four. Playing Beasley at the three would be a big mistake, in my opinion. And let me ask you, who do you think is going to get the most minutes off the bench? The, the sixth man, the biggest guy that's going to contribute the most off the bench. Which player do you think that will be? Beasley. Yeah. I think it'll be Beasley. Uh, just based on what happened in the preseason, uh, I Billy did not look uh, – well, that's not true. I, I shouldn't say that. He did look really good. He just didn't play very much. Uh, and I that leads me to believe that he's not going to play a lot. Uh, I think – or maybe it's just wishful thinking, but I hope that they play Kylo Quinn good minutes at the beginning of the season at mm-hmm. least to try and get him out there. We talked about this last week, I think. Yep. I want to get him out there so other teams can see him so he can be good trade bait. Yep. <laughs> but maybe that's what you're thinking. But, yeah, I think Beasley will be the top guy off the bench. I do. Because he's 
man, he's good in Hornacek's offense. Yeah. He just did. You know, look. And him look. And, yeah, him and Hernan Gomez are both atrocious defensively, so mm-hmm. that's just a wash. But Beasley does more for him on offense, and they're going to need buckets that Philly doesn't give him. Yeah, and what I'm going to say, the more that I watch Michael Beasley, the more I like the signing. And me and you were very high on it right away because the guy's a scorer. He's going to provide some offense. And I watched them in this preseason. I was very impressed with them. I love the fact that I get a little sense of Carmelo Anthony kind of when he holds the ball, it sticks with him a little bit. But the one yeah. thing that I was very impressed with was even when he kind of stuck with them, he made things happen by attacking the basket, something that Carmelo Anthony did not do. He would just, as you know, pull up jump shot. Um, Michael Beasley was getting his side or getting inside, drawing contact, getting to the foul line, hitting his free throws. I think Michael Beasley is going to have a career year. Um, I think well, Beasley's he, younger. He's yeah. younger, so yes. that's why he's more good. Yeah. Yes, yes. And, and I think he's going to have a career year. I think he's going to have just a huge opportunity with this Nick team. He, he's going to get the ball quite a bit. Um, you know, speaking of, like, fantasy basketball, he's valued, his value is not that much. Um, he's somebody that I didn't even draft. I got him on my team in the free agents. Um, so I think a lot of people are underlooking – Michael Beasley, I think he's very talented. This is not a deep team. He's played on other teams where they were pretty deep, so that's why he kind of sat on the bench. But he still gave production in spots. This year, he's going to be called on to do a lot more for the first time in quite a while. Maybe it's the first time in his career, really. Maybe when he was early on in Miami, where they probably had a bigger role playing for him that he just didn't quite live up to because, again, he was too much of a child. But... uh, (laughs) You know, it's the truth. Uh, you know, I think he is going to have a huge opportunity. I'm very excited to have Michael Beasley on board, and I think it's going to be a big year for him. Um, but let's, uh, let's switch to somebody like um, Kyle Quinn, for example. I know we kind of just talked about it, but uh, do you think Jeff Hornacek – is going to throw him out there. Do you think that the Knicks are looking to trade him, Courtney Lee? Do you think that, that that's something that he's aware of and will look to do, give them minutes, even if somebody's playing a little bit better than them, uh, just to try to get some trade value? Well, Kornacek was asked if uh, he's going to look to play younger players ahead of veterans to uh, try because, obviously, they've already talked about they're in the early stages of a rebuild. So said with the priority of developing the young players, and he said no. So, uh, I mean, so that leads me to believe that Courtney Lee is going to be playing more minutes. And uh, we were we thought he may be at the there was a speculation he may be towards the end of the bench. And I certainly think that they will try and trade Courtney Lee. Yeah. I mean, his contract's not terrible, but it's not great for a guy who. Uh, on a uh, team that stinks. And he has a contract for a a, a contending team. And he's a contending team player, you know? So, and as far as Kylo Quinn goes, he has one of the best contracts in the NBA. Mm -hmm. And he has an expiring deal, so they're certainly not going to resign him. And they're trying to shed salary. And uh, I think trading Courtney Lee only makes sense when you're trying to shed salary. 
So, yeah, I think they're definitely going to look to trade on both. And I think they'll be able to trade Kylo Quinn because he's expiring. Not sure they're going to be able to trade Courtney Lee because he makes, I believe, $12 million a year. So. Yeah, and that's all the time that we're going to have for this segment. But when we come back, we're going to break down this game. We're going to give our predictions. Hi, everybody. Matt Castillo here, writer at EliteSports.com and co-host of the Next State of Mind podcast. Just wanted to take this time to thank the fans and remind listeners to follow our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter at NYKSOM Podcast or on our Facebook page at the Nick State of Mind Podcast. Come be a part of the discussion. We want to hear from you and talk about the Knicks. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nick State of Mind Podcast. So we talked about the Brazingis mellow battle. We we talked about who we think will be starting for the Knicks and, and a part of their rotation, uh, who the guys will get minutes and who won't. Um, and now we're going to kind of break down this game, kind of how it goes, and, and give you um, a final score prediction um, of the complete game for tomorrow. So, Chip, starting with you, who do you got winning? Give me your complete breakdown prediction of this game. I got OKC winning. Uh, I think... They score 100. I think they score because the Knicks were atrocious defensively. Uh-huh. Anybody who watched the uh, preseason knows that. I think OKC scores, uh, I'll give them 115. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I think the Knicks will score 102. So I'll give, uh, I'll give the Knicks 105. 115, 105. And uh, I think Mel's going to have a huge game uh, against his old team. So, yeah, and I think Westbrook, obviously, is going to come out huge. I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a triple-double. And I think, yeah, I think Porzingis will score a lot of points. I think Hardaway's going to play well. But uh, I think, look, Cantor is probably going to play well. But other than those three guys, I wouldn't be surprised if Billy, Billy Hernan Gomez is going to struggle against Steven Adams. Yeah. Really struggle. So, uh uh, yeah, I, 115, 105 sounds pretty good. I have, we, we talked about this before I give the prediction. We, we, last week, we talked about OKC probably going to struggle a little bit out of the gate. You don't get that many superstars, uh, Paul George, Kamala Anthony, Russell Westbrook, and they just all work together beautifully right from the beginning. Um, it is going to take some time for those guys to mesh and, and work as one, really. Um, it's going to be interesting to see who will be the guy to get the final shots. Um, you know, whose team is it? I, I still think it's Russell Westbrook's team, but um, all those questions are going to be over them. I will say this, though. On opening night, none of those issues are going to be the case. They're going to destroy the Knicks. They are going to destroy the Knicks, and it should be a pretty simple win for them. They are... I got it by 13. The game probably is going to be a little bit worse. I got a 113 to 100. So the Knicks barely getting over the century mark. Um, I I think Carmelo Anthony is going to, I'm not going to say erupt, have a monster game, but he's probably going to hit about three or four threes. Um, I think Russell Westbrook is going to be, no, I don't think he's going to be a triple-double, but I will say a double-double. Um, for the Knicks, I think the offense is strictly going to come from three guys, and that one guy is Przingis, um, then Tim Hardaway Jr., and then off the bench, Michael Beasley, and I think Cantor 
should play all right as well. Uh, listen, for the Knicks to be successful, they are going to have to play defense. You know, I think the stretches that they played well in preseason, you you saw them actually lock up defensively, and what that did kind of opened up their offense. But the problem is it's just not always there. And you know, if they can play defense through the course of this game, it will help them. Obviously, you know, when you play good defense, typically you win. But this is not a very good defensive unit. I think there will be a little, you know, streaks where they're getting stops and then they will uh, go on a run here and there. But I, I do think that this game should be a pretty pretty lopsided game for the most part. I think OKC has way too much firepower. The Knicks are completely overmatched. Um you know, in a perfect world, Neil Aquino would play like 25 minutes and, um, you know, quiet even some of my concerns, but that won't happen either. Um, so I got OKC winning 113 to 100. And with that being said, we are going to wrap up the show tonight. Remember, the next tip off tomorrow at 8 o'clock on TNT. You know, I'm watching this Yankee game right now because they're my only hope. The Jets suck. The Knicks suck. That's just the way it's going to be. I mean, I know the Knicks haven't even played one game this season, but I'm anticipating it to be bad. I hope I'm wrong. I hope the Knicks shock everybody. Just don't see it happening. But we will be back. You sound like me. It's just the way it is. I I don't have any (laughs) expectations for this team. I don't. Um, I'm just – it is what it is. I'm just trying to watch these young guys develop. I want to see them – get more draft picks, and build towards the future. That's that's the only way the Knicks will ever get out of this hole that they're in, and it's a gigantic hole. So uh, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong, but only time will tell. And we'll be back next week for another episode of the Knicks State of Mind podcast.